0: Welcome to the PG Growth Planned Giving Podcast. Today I have an interesting conversation with Doug Earl. Doug is a well-known fundraiser and leader in the not-for-profit sector. He most recently has the position of CEO of the West Park Hospital Foundation in Toronto. Our conversation is going to center on the time he spent as CEO of Fighting Blindness Canada. During that time, Doug made the decision strategically, and after much data uh, accumulation and research, that a proactive plan-giving program was truly in the best interest of advancing the mission of Fighting Blindness Canada. There were obstacles, though, and Doug had to ensure that he, as leader of the organization, took the steps to address those obstacles, barriers, objections, however we want to put them, and gain and gather that leadership support, not just leadership from the organization's board of directors, but also staff leadership, those who are going to be operating the program. You know, at PG Growth, we have something we call the gear of planned giving. And that gear really represents um, interrelated activities and um, areas that we need to address, to consider, and to make decisions on. One of those areas, of course, is leadership commitment. Whether that leadership commitment comes from staff leadership or board leadership, It's an imperative when we're operating a planned giving program. Some would say it's the most important aspect of that planned giving gear that we need to gain and confirm. Why is that? Because only with leadership commitment can we really resource and operate a program for the long-term benefit of the organization. So in this conversation, we'll be talking to Doug about how he went about understanding the opportunity and then securing the commitment necessary to operate a program. And, of course, he'll go over some of the results of that program and why it was beneficial for the organization to engage in this. It's a fascinating discussion. It really does focus on the leadership imperative when it comes to securing commitment to a plan-giving program. And I think Doug lays out his approach and the success of it very well, and I think gives us all steps that we can follow and um, a path that we can also take to receive that plan giving commitment. So please have a listen to Doug Earl discussing his approach to securing that leadership commitment. Doug, I was hoping today that you would be able to share with us the approach that you took as a leader of a new organization coming in um, and uh, analyzing what was going well, what needed to be strengthened in your fundraising program, how you went about identifying uh, the need on the plan giving front, and then steps that you took to actually move towards establishing a truly proactive program uh, with the organization. So maybe you can start with the steps that you took when you first came in to have a look and do this sort of 360, which led you to this opportunity. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, de- definitely. At a, when I arrived at Fighting Blindness, I, I did a, a deep dive into the organization. I, I spoke to a lot of uh, people, the board, the volunteers, the donors, Um, I did a bit of uh, data analysis, uh, financial analysis uh, and and from, you know, based on my past experience, uh, when I was at arthritis, uh, 50% of the net at arthritis was coming from Planned Giving. At Fighting Blindness, it was 3% of the net. So I I knew that there was an opportunity to do better, uh, especially for the type of organization, uh, a, a health charity that that's primary mission is research, investing in research to find a cure. So, it, so I knew the opportunity was there. Um, they had been doing some work, uh, on, and I sort of I, I call it a reactive base. Uh, but I I thought that there would be great opportunity uh, to have a proactive program, just like what happened five, to six years earlier at arthritis, that led to more than half of the revenue to come from plan giving. It was a it was a proactive program. Uh, so that that's why I looked at it and 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 did some analysis. Well, the organization, of course, was doing the normal things. They had an ad in, in the magazine, uh, the plan giving guide for financial planners. They had they had a, some information on their website. They they had the checkoff box and the reply coupon for the telemarketing and direct mail. So they they were doing the traditional what I would call reactive program and and the revenue sort of reflected that the pipeline for prospect giving uh or for plan giving sorry uh really did show the same they they had about 136 prospects uh, when we started uh you know which was not large uh comparison to the active donor file um you know af- after we did a proactive program we were over 600 prospects so you can see the scope and scale of a proactive program compared to a reactive so we we reached out uh, as a part of the how am I going to build the case to to convince the board to uh, make this type of investment uh, because it's a longer term investment you're not getting the return this year uh, it'll be next year or, or down the you know five ten maybe even twenty years down the road so we we took those 136 people. And uh, we did a survey of them uh, around whether, what was their intent? Had they actually put fighting blindness in the will? And and we actually had a, a, an amazing response back, uh, you know, more, more than uh, one in four had responded to just a direct mail mailing, right? Uh, and the responses were saying, no, they didn't have, they were interested, they were checking off that box, but they weren't, they had not completed the act of of making the gift in the will, um, you know, we we did some analysis of the donors that had given to uh, a, a gift in their will and had deceased. It was a you know the legacy, uh, the work had been done around uh, probate and and getting getting our our gift. And so you know a number of them, a number of the stories helped provide the information to say this is a good investment. So. One donor uh, had given to direct mail twenty five dollars here, thirty dollars there. Uh, so two hundred and sixty dollars over fifteen years. But their planned gift resulted in eighty three thousand dollars to the organization. so so I we did some historical information on on the the people that we knew. Um, and i and I would say two-thirds of the of the people that were giving that had left a gift in their will to us. In the previous
0: five years, uh, we didn't know. But you know that these were points that I
1: built into the presentation. uh, You know, in 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 saying this is a good investment. Uh, You know, we did our standard request for proposal and and uh, and you know, and for what we were looking for, uh, you know, PG growth was a great uh, fit. The match was there. To help us develop that program
0: yeah so let me let me and thank you for that and and um but i want to talk about that leadership moment right there's a moment there of course uh there are lots of organizations uh that are reactive in their particular program and and in fact lots of different programs of fundraising that they're being reactive on um and this was particularly planned giving but there's a moment there where um you you came to the conclusion through what you're presenting is a very matter of fact. I looked at the numbers. I realized we needed to do this. I the the benchmark I had was another organization I had worked with, and I thought we need to get to the benchmark. Uh, that's that's a possibility for a leadership moment right now in literally thousands of organizations across the country, and those decisions aren't being made. Um, so I just wanted to take. You know, from your perspective as a leader of an organization, why you felt this was an imperative. Uh, Of course, we're in the business of raising money. And so 50 percent of all revenue coming from this area is uh, from from the previous organization. It's It's a compelling story. But that compelling story is available right now to lots of other leaders of organizations. They're not acting upon it. So why did you feel and what was what was in your mind when you thought, "I really need to be the advocate for this internally?" Right now, at this moment at Fighting Blindness Canada, I need this to be a leadership imperative. Maybe you can just talk me through that decision making that you went through. Well,
1: you know like any organization, we wanted to grow. We wanted and that, and as a leader, you know this this was where I saw from experience, from the data, from the stories a real opportunity to increase people's ability to make an
0: impact. Yeah, and so that's great. I know that, you know, from, from working with you over the years, I know that you had to make other leadership decisions and bring people along with you, uh, as you know, because uh, uh, again, um, sometimes to give credit to some of those people I was referencing a moment ago, they're perhaps maybe making leadership decisions, but there's there's lots of levels of additional audiences and stakeholders that we have to bring along with us when we decide that leadership moment. So um, perhaps you can talk us through your process there to bring the other stakeholders on side with you as you went along.
1: Well, well, first of course, it's the staff because they're going to have to deliver the, the program. So, uh, you know, leadership by example. So, uh, being able to to uh, talk to people, integrate plan giving into a conversation. You know, I I, I role played that with people and then took them on on the donor visit, where where we looked at blended gifts. So they were they were supporting a program on an annual basis and then being able to to show it. You know, a part a part of it, of course, is is persuading the board to make the investment, right? That that's a key key part. As 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 anyone that's putting together a budget a budget, you know, you you do have to give and take. Uh, you know, I I in this case, I was particularly challenged by the board that if you want to make this investment, if you believe that it's in the long term health, you know, uh, where can you raise that money so we we had to in another revenue stream increase increase that uh revenue goal for the next year uh in order to to have the net funds that enabled us to make the pg investment Um, you know so that it it was for me it was important uh to help achieve the growth of the organization to be able to activate this revenue stream uh, and And not just because in the next uh, you know, year, um, but but in the next five, ten years. And there is a benefit. I like I know, having conversations with donors, using a methodology that that is like major gift, where you you ask, you engage them, you talk to them on the phone, you you interact with them. It's going to increase your annual gift, they, they, and their loyalty to your organization. You're not going to lose them they're, they're, you know, they'll have high retention rates to give again. So that, that's also, so I, you know, that's experience uh, that I brought forward. Um, and, and I was confident that that I could, uh, you know, it, it, it was a stretch to put the money in the budget as revenue in the other, in the other stream. Uh, but, I, but I knew for the best interest of the organization, if we don't start, start this now, Five years from now, we won't benefit from the revenue. And and you know, there is a there is an increase in in the annual fund that comes from being good stewards of donors, interacting with donors about another channel to give. They they do give more in the channel that brought them to you.
0: Yeah, And so just one final question I have, which is, you know, in terms of the experience of doing this, I mean, was it and and I'm not talking about working with us and that's not the point. The point is really about going through, again, the leadership, the the analysis to begin with, the the uh, discovery of of the opportunity and then the commitment on the leadership side of bringing staff, bringing the board along and getting that, you know, in terms of that you know do you think that you achieved you know uh what you were hoping to achieve was it worth all of the the steps that you took ultimately when you look back do you think you know this you know and you've kind of made mention of it maybe expand a little bit about you know putting the organization on a pathway for greater future success through this
1: well uh it, it was successful and it continues to be successful i mean we took the pipeline from when we started at 136 uh, prospects to 646 prospects, you know, that that was, you know, we had 646 conversations. People put up their hand that they wanted to, to think about, to talk about the how they could support the organization through plan giving uh, You know, we, we went back and looked after year one uh, in trying to decide to continue the investment. You know, we looked at what those individuals did. Uh, there was a higher retention, a higher uh, level of giving in that 12-month period with current cash, uh, while while we were having a conversation about plan giving for their future gift in a will. So yes, it did it it did on just from a pure financial state, absolutely. Secondly, uh, you know, going through the process, uh, we became better uh deliverers of our case for support uh, we had an emotive story to tell the third thing i would say is because in in how we approach launching this program uh, you know we had uh, identified a board leader champion to work with us we recruited members of the board and other volunteers to help with the program because you know all of a sudden we had uh, we had these people who said yes i'm interested now we have to talk to them so mm-hmm. we needed a little more capacity than than the the lone uh, part-time staff person he was working on other things uh so this was only part of his job so so yes we you know and it became a team building exercise actually because myself uh two major gift fundraisers uh the monthly giving manager uh the the person who is you know, evolved into the plan giving program lead, and and for board volunteers, that was the team that got trained, and and was out there talking to donors, uh, helping them from when they said maybe I'll think about a gift in the will, get them to move and and have a meeting with their lawyer to change the will. So yes, from ah when I reflect back on on year one, year two uh, of of our investment in being a proactive plan giving shop, uh, it had lots of wins um and in that period uh you know we doubled the revenue that came in from pg uh you know we were talking about it more uh were some of those donors there there was two of those donors that gave uh that had changed their will uh during during this our more proactive uh activity uh, you know unfortunately they had passed away so i couldn't ask if uh, if this was the nudge, but but I think it contributed uh, to it.
0: Well, that's great. Fascinating stuff. Really appreciate your leadership perspective on this and the imperative from that point of view. And really thank you for taking the time today and sharing with us. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the PG Growth Plan Giving Podcast. For more episodes of our podcast, please go to pggrowth.com or you can find us on your favorite app related to podcasts or look for us on iTunes, on Spotify, and on Google Play. Until next time, thanks for joining me. I'm Ed Sluga.